When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Um, today we have Joel Dirge with us. Joel Dirge is an assistant football coach at uh, Tippecanoe High School or Tip City High School or however you want to phrase it, depending on who you ask around here. Um, Joel has done two other prior um, videos for us. Um, Joel, how you doing? I'm good. I'm just living the dream here on Thanksgiving break and Ready to enjoy some college football after we're done here. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's why I'm glad we're getting this in so early. And um, <laughs> at least you're not a Texas fan right now, because that that disappointment yesterday was. Oh, sad. that was not good at the buzzer, wasn't it? No, that, that was close. yeah. Close like, to it. I have a couple buddies that are Texas fans. It's not very good. All the thing I, I look for today is Michigan losing, so I can, so both of us really probably could just text Carl Stanbury and make fun of him. Um, Absolutely, they're 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 a pick'em game against uh, Penn State today. Who's zero and five, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, God, yeah. Our ROC is a big Penn State fan, and yeah, he, I I don't I give him just unrelenting crap at this point, just because how their season's going. But oh well, um, kind of. So anybody who hasn't seen your videos or doesn't know you, you want to kind of give a quick rundown of your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I, I began coaching when I was 19 years old at, at my alma mater, and I coached there for five seasons, uh, you know, a few at the the middle school level and then uh, three or four at the high school level. And then that's when I got out of college and got my master's degree in special education and phys ed and all that good stuff and found my way to Tip City, and I've been there ever since. I've been here now for eight seasons. Uh, I was a head coach for four of them, and uh, my first two I was a court offensive coordinator and a defense coordinator. And then I was head coach for four years, and then I've stepped down recently and uh, just been coaching on the defensive side of the ball, helping out with special teams, and just living the dream with two young kids at home. Oh, uh, I hear you there. I got I got an eleven year old daughter in the other room, coach. So, um, kind of what we want, I kind of wanted to get with you about was kind of install practice schedules and then kind of some drills you guys do in the gym because I know you guys it's stuff you can do year round, and I think that's something. I mean. W- People always talk about like, like especially in our state with the seven mans, what offensive coaches can do, what defensive coaches do, but nobody really ever talks about special teams time, and, and we'll kind of hit that as we go. But first, I mean, on the screen for anybody watching and not just listening, um, Coach Dirt has his um, install schedule on the screen. Uh, you we kind of want to break that down real quick, kind of how you went through the process of installing stuff in the summer. Yeah, first and foremost, I, I, as a head coach, I was the offense coordinator and spent a lot of time doing that. And then Saturdays and Sundays, of course, I, I did a lot of a lot of defensive work with the defensive staff. And this was my way to to make sure that I was organized. Uh, and the drills I'm going to show you guys today is is how I really 
involve myself with the special teams portion of it. Because once the season rolled around, you know, it was really hard for me to, to try to coordinate all, all three sides of the ball or you guys know how, how that can be. Uh, so I really, like you mentioned, uh, I worked hard in the spring on special teams and those seven-man individuals. And then we also incorporated it into our summer too. So uh, the drills I showed today, I hope that everybody can use. Um, but first and foremost, if you look, you know, you can ignore for this podcast, of course, the offense and the defensive emphasis, but uh, focus your eyes there on, on Monday's special teams of the, the first two a day. Uh, my baby, as the guys that have coached with me, uh, was always punt. You know, I, I think Jim Trestle said that the punt is the most important play in football. Uh, I've lost games and I've won games with the punt. Uh, and, uh, and so I always wanted to emphasize that uh, on, on that Monday versus just a nine-man rush. Uh, we, we would install it then. And I'll go over a couple practice schedules of, of how we did that uh, and, and things like that. Um, but punt was, all, since I called the offensive plays, I, I was always attached to the punt for the most part. And, uh, you know, I, I really thought that, you know, I would have the fakes installed. I would have how to have the shifts and the trades and, and all, all the, the, the things that, that are special with the punt installed the first day um, of two-a-days. And then... You know, it was just kind of a mindset for us. You know, we're hopefully going to score a lot of points that year. Uh, so day two, we, w- we would uh, install the kickoff, and we would work on the ball on the left, the right, and the middle hash. Fortunately, you know, we had a couple uh, couple really good kickers come through the years and, and things like that, and uh, we actually have a kicker play today. Against... by the way. That is, that What'd is you a, say? That is a vast understatement. Couple yeah, yeah. Here. I don't want to try to be Jeez. humble, but we got a kicker today. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's playing for Pitt. And they're playing Clemson, so so hopefully they can knock them off and things like that. But I know you guys over there at Fairborn have uh, have loved our soccer team over the years. Oh, um, that, that one that's at Pitt now is a, is a, is a freak, and I still stand by my statement. He's the best kicker I've ever seen in person at the high school level. In person, it, like ever yeah. seen. And I can tell you, when he was a freshman, I, I had never coached him before. And when it when the ball hit his foot, I'd never heard a sound like that before. And uh, honestly, he didn't even play for us as a freshman because we had a really good one before him. Uh, but uh, uh, he, he's playing basketball now in college. But uh, we really focused on that kickoff on day two. And most of our kickoffs through my years as the head coach went into the end zone, fortunately. Um, but we wanted to work on those angles and the cover drills and all that thing, things like that. Um, and again, it's a mindset that you're going to score a lot of points. So you need to work on your kickoff team. And obviously, we would review punt that day. And then uh, looking into Wednesday, if you're going to score a lot of points, you need to work on your PAT field goal team. Uh, so we spent time with our linemen during individual, maybe on Tuesday, to teach them you know, the, the, the fundamentals of what to do on PAT field goal and things like that. So we would install that first on, on Wednesday. Um, and then on Thursday, we would work kickoff return, hopefully, if you're playing good defense, you don't need a kickoff return very often. So we really just had one play on our kickoff return. That was a middle wedge. Um, and so we'd install that on Thursday. And then uh, obviously reviewing things throughout the throughout the days and things like that. Friday would be, uh, what does it say there? Uh, it just kind of be a review of some things, punt return, left and right. Oh, punt return is the main one there. Uh, and we, we, we kind of set up a wall left and right. You know, we'd also fair catch it. At times on purpose, we'd also not have a guy back there. You know, 30 seconds left in the half is is a time you don't need anybody back there to, to mess anything up. Um, and then we review some things. And then Saturday would be obviously review for all. We had our inner squad scrimmage that day, but we also punted from the shotgun that day, which is something different. And I've used that I think two or three times in my career where our quarterback just punted it 
so we kind of had to install that for five minutes with with the offense because uh, we're fortunate enough a tip to not have our any of our linemen really have to be on special teams. So I'll show you guys kind of the practice schedule of of how that worked and, and how we were able to to save a lot of time with our offensive line and things like that. So I'm pulling up. This is 2018, so this was the last year I was the head coach. But this is a basically our practice schedule on that on that Monday, and uh, we started at 6:30 in the morning. Um, but let's just focus on the special teams aspect of it. At 6:40, we introduced we introduced our punt in the varsity locker rooms and we went over our core values and all that good stuff. But that's when our, our linemen were separate. You see here, uh, the linemen are, are separate for for almost four 10-minute periods where, you know, I had them go through some things uh, with Jet Sweep, of course. Anybody knows me, they were running Jet Sweep for 40 minutes. Um, that's, but, that's, uh, for uh, podcast, uh, that's for another podcast, That's for another podcast. That's for another podcast that we will get into here I know. shortly. I know. Hopefully you can hear me all right, because when you talk, it's a little choppy, but we'll get through that. Um, so then uh, we'd go out, we'd do the pre-practice warm-up, where we'd have guys returning balls, kicking balls, warming up, stuff like that. Um, and then we, you know, 7:15 we get right into our our pride, which we had a lot of pride on our punt team, and we do it from the minus 30, and we and we just work on what we what we showed in film and in our meetings and things like that. And then you know by the time we started practice period three, I was given a speech for practice and blah blah blah, and uh, the linemen had been blocking jet sweep for an hour and a half. So when we got to team, they better they better have figured that out. If that makes sense. So that's basically how we kind of broke down uh, pride that, that first day. And I think it's important. My personal belief is, is, is uh, you know, on Friday nights and things like that, I didn't coordinate special teams, but I definitely made it an emphasis as a head coach to be the first thing we're going to work on because that's what, that's what our, that's when our kids are focused the most. Um, we did not work on special teams during, during June and July, other than the, 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 the individual drills with it but not the actual 11 on 11 portion of it. So um, I think it's important to, to make sure that, that you, you start with that. And then if you look at uh, the 31st, which would have been the next day, we, we would just do defense first. So you see that the, the, the TNTs of our defense would have their hour to, uh, to basically work on their stuff. But again, this is the your special teams podcast and nobody cares about that. Uh, so we would do, we, like I said, we'd do kickoff the first day. We called it the bomb squad. Uh, we would show them film of, of successful kickoffs, unsuccessful kickoffs, uh, bad coverage, poor coverage, good coverage, stuff like that. In that, in that, in that meeting with film, we'd move to the field. We would warm up. But this is something that I think you mentioned uh, briefly. Uh, people really don't work on special teams that much, especially when you talk about doing a circuit with it or building the fundamentals and things like that. These are all things that I'll show you drills of that we did in the, in the spring and in the summer, but we also tapped into them, you know, this first day we learned, we, we would do kickoff. So your good old buddy Stanberry, Stanberry would do the, what we call the Coombs drill, which we got from Ohio state. Uh, another coach would do the compression tackle, the two on one, and then we had another coach just timing the kick with the with the kickers because obviously we didn't get that get the time to do that in the in the summer with them playing soccer and other, and other things going on. So we would always work on timing the kick, and then we'd have a first and second team on the whiteboard, and we would work the ball return left, middle, right, 
and all of those things. So that's kind of how we broke it down. If you look, you know, if we started that special teams meeting at 645, we would really work special teams for basically 50 minutes other than <clears throat> subtracting out warmups and stuff like that. So we, we definitely made it, made it an emphasis for our kids. Uh, so kind of where we're going to go next is kind of dr the drills. And, and the one thing, I mean, me and you talked about before coming on here and we've kind of texted back and forth is uh, stuff you can do year round. And I, I think that's kind of massively important. We talked about that at the beginning of the podcast. Um, but I think it's such an underrated part. And I was, um, God, I was watching a, a clinic last night uh, by uh, Coach Hurd at Akron. And the, a lot of this, about half the drills he showed were stuff they can do. You can, you can do in the spring, you can do without pads. I think that's kind of massively important. Um, so. Kind of let's, let's start with this and then kind of go from there. And then, like I said, I'll stop in and get questions now that I got my internet fixed a little bit better. So, yeah, feel free. I talk fast. Uh, so, feel free to just tell me to shut up or whatever. But uh, basically, like you mentioned, these are drills that we would essentially start in April and, uh, and, and work throughout the spring. And again, this was my way as a head coach to tap into special teams. My special teams coordinator was over coaching track and things like that. So, this was a, this was a way for me to coach special teams and get to know those guys. We also, during the summer, uh, have a smaller weight room. We'd only fit about 40 guys in the weight room. So, you know, on camp days and days that we could be, have a ball involved, we would always go to the gym and do these these sort of tackling drills, if you will. Um, and some of them will, will not just only relate to special teams, they'll also uh, positively transfer into to your defense, of course, too. And a lot of these drills I got from just local teams. We, you know, you and I live in the Dayton area. So I've been to Ball State spring practice, Miami, Ohio spring practice, Ohio State, of course, Cincinnati. Um, and that's just kind of a challenge to those guys watching this YouTube channel is, is go to spring practices because those college coaches get paid a lot of money to come up with with some awesome drills. And I didn't do any – I didn't come up with any of these drills. Well, but well, they, they, two things they on have that, uh, showed up on film. Two things on that real quick is, is one that, – that was one thought I was having last night before we came on film this is how more – Special teams drills could help improve our tackling because I think you can always improve your tackling. I think that's just general fact. And then the other thing is I was talking to the special teams coordinator at uh, John Carroll yesterday. Um, and that's one thing we talked about. The, the, maybe the one, knock on wood, good thing about that we have right now is we, we might be able to go visit some college practices this spring that are actual like normal week practices because a lot of D2 and D3 schools are, aren't playing till the spring. Like, um, John Carroll's first game's like March 12th or something like that. I mean, I'll have to wear an extra layer so I don't freeze up in Cleveland that time of year. It's only part of the state that still really snows. But um, I think, to your point, that would be a great opportunity, especially for special teams guys, to see how sitting in a special teams meeting and kind of be it, it barring COVID allowing us to actually be on their premises and watching how they practice stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, like I said, man, Combs, Combs was the best at Ohio State, and, and this is his spider drill tackle. The reason it's called spider drill is because there's eight eight little legs, if you will. There's one, two, three, four, five, and six. And those are the cones kids run around, and then there's the seventh and eighth cone that are basically just out of bounds. Um, but these are for our kids, not really for for your podcast, because every coach that's, that's watching these drills knows that you're going to get these things out of them. But you're going to get open field tackling. You're going to get angle tackling. You're going to get breaking down on the sidelines because I think that's something that's unemphasized through coaches. How many how many times a game 
<clears throat> you can watch college or high school football and you see late hits out of bounds. This is a way that we can we can work on breaking down on the sidelines and not getting that penalty. Eliminating the cutbacks is probably the number one objective that we want through these drills. And then, like I mentioned, they're just our weight room small, so we can use them as agility drills too. So again, this is spider tackle. Uh, I, I've evolved this over the years, but the kids are just going to run around the middle cone to start to make it the easiest. Okay, and this is obviously just an open field tackle. Now breaking this down, we want this tackle made as close as we can to that volleyball line, and that's what I use is the volleyball lines. Um, but this is our kicker, uh, and he's breaking down there on the sidelines. You know, you see him kind of run over this that line there, and that's not what we want. But uh, some of these are good, some of these are bad, but. We want to see him buzz his feet and break down more. And he kind of uh, came across the guy. But we do want to see his eyes on the thighs and, and, and hands on the hips and things like that. And these are these are drills from four or five years ago. But this guy in the green shirt does a much better job of buzzing his feet and eliminating the cutback. If you see him, it, it's just like playing basketball. He's got his feet set just like at the three-point line there. And he's forcing that guy to get, to take that path. And he doesn't. So if he, if he cuts back... He's right in his path. And I won't go through all of these, of course, but here's a nose guard and a quarterback. Okay, you see the nose guard does a really good job of attacking the midline, the mid, you know, and making that tackle for like a one-yard gain, if you will, and forcing that quarterback out of bounds. <clears throat> so we'll kind of fast forward uh, to, to more of the angle tackle. And here it is right here. I just told each of them to go to the right. <clears throat> so this is where the agility comes in. And the key point here is this guy <clears throat> is going to try and score a touchdown, of course, which is, this is the pylon. And the straightest distance between two points is a straight line. So he's going to obviously try to run down the sidelines and go score. But if he wants to cut back one time and come over this pylon, he can. And this kid in the gray shirt, that's, he's one of our corners, does a really good job. And we coach this really hard is the banana route. It, it, you know, if I'm drawing a banana here, we want to we wanna do that and force him to have no cutback and we don't want to hit the guy out of bounds. So there's a perfect job of the head on the head on the back hip, if you will. And we want more breakdown. We don't want to hit him, hit him. We don't want him even running through this out of bounds line. Um, and we, we got better at that over the years. Again, these are, these are drills from four years ago. <clears throat> now you're, you're basically never going to tackle the guy on the left side of that line, but that's the goal. We want to have a goal for the kids. And, and he made the tackle there on, let's say the four yard line, you know, on the four-yard line, that's a lot better than the one-yard line. And, and obviously, if you're a Ben, don't break defense, you'll take that. I'm just going to say, Coach, good. that I am extremely disappointed that Mike Derry is not demonstrating any of these drills. Yeah, he. Uh, this is, a, again, this is in the spring when I just grabbed seven kids or so. Uh, but you'll see me get in some of these drills, I think, eventually. I, uh, well, that's not Yeah, a guy coach. in the gray shirt does a really good job forcing forcing him to go one way and that's out of bounds or the direction, you know, got to do a better job tackling him. Of course. How, how many times, like how, how many times in the spring did you like rep these in terms of how many days a week or month? How, how often? Probably just, probably just one, uh, every win. really was Wednesday, you know, Monday was offense the day after, after, uh, after weight lifting weights with seven guys. So, you know, I'd get faction receivers and a quarterback Tuesday. I'd get the front seven, uh, and then Wednesday, you know, I just get these guys for 15 to 20 ish minutes and I would just work, work these drills with them. And of course I would try to get different seven guys every week. Um, but, uh, this was what I did on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays we did competition drills with, with teams and things like that. So we didn't do any, anything. 
Um, but basically from January to May, you know, I would try w- w- to get 15 minutes with these guys a- after, after weightlifting. Um, and then this, I actually, I, I filmed this one on a Friday just cause I, cause I knew I, I wanted these drills, uh, on tape so I could teach our kids really the, this, this presentation I made was really more for the kids than, than this, but then I ne- saw your podcast blowing up and I wanted to, to pass these drills on to other coaches and things. Um, so this is a, the kickoff. Let's see. This is the kickoff. We called it the Combs drill from Ohio state. Okay. Uh, to fast forward here, the, this guy in the white shirt is running down. If this guy coming to block him, he's on the kickoff return team for the drill purpose. If he's coming to block him and he is not on this volleyball line, what we're teaching our kid in the white shirt to do is beat him with speed, jab him with the right foot, and then beat him with speed towards the ball carrier. Um, if, if he, this kid in the gray shirt, beats him to the line, and what we want to do is go what we call back door behind him, use his momentum against him, go behind him, and then obviously get back into our lane. <clears throat> and then all these pictures are just just for our kids. But as we as we see some clips of it, the, the blocker will come from the other direction. As we see some clips of it, um, this guy right here has to make a decision. Is he on the line or off the line? If he's off the line, again, we're going to jab at him and then beat him with speed. And that's what we do, do, do there. You can end it with a tackle if you want. <clears throat> but it's really it's really hard for these kids to get. This kid, you know, these these guys, the way I do it, they should be meeting at this little, what is that called in the math? Apex? I don't know. I mean, I teach PE. But they, 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 he should be going right there. So this kid has time to, to react to it. I do get these guys going out of their 40 stance so they can get better at their 40-yard dash. But <clears throat> as they run down, um, that's an easy read for him. He can tell he's off the line, jab, beat him with speed with the left foot, and then you can finish with a tackle if you want to. But I really – I was the only coach there that day. I was just emphasizing the the drill that is. The gray shirt guy gives him a bat hard because, you know, these guys are going to retreat. So he gives him a tough read. So you see the guy in the green go pretty wide there. <clears throat> but, again, if he gets to the line – then you want to use his momentum against him to go to go back door. And just a, a few more clips of that. You see that, that again, this was a Friday, so this kid's yeah. in khakis. This kid was an all-state linebacker, but the guy in the white shirt makes it a hard read for him because he gets on the line at the very last second. Yeah. So he's trying to go back door on him and he kind of gets out of his lane. But I think you guys get the get the idea of it. Got any questions with that, Coach? You guys no. use that drill? No, this is, this is almost identical to what I was watching last night. This is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I agree with you 100%. That last one with your all-state linebacker there is a little wide. But, I mean, you know as I do. I mean, how many times do we harp as, as high school coaches about getting back in your lane and not yep. drifting too far? I mean, it's, it's a constant thing that's echoed, and I think drills like this help, especially when you're able to do it in the offseason. We also harp that kids don't on the scout team. They always mess it up. Like I said, if you guys are watching his own, try to get him to get depth so that the read isn't isn't as bad. And apparently they weren't listening to me that day, but that's a good look at it. So that is that we call that. You can call it the avoidance drill. You can call it whatever you want. But uh, I think we're I'm showing some of the same clips after a while. So let's look at how this looks like on a kickoff. And it's really hard for me. I think we're going to look at this kid right here. If I get it wrong, I'll just rewind. Yeah, it's this kid right here. So 
what well, he now these aren't perfect lines like in the gym, but we're looking at this kid and he's getting blocked by this kid who's like kind of guarded by the pole. Now, uh, at the moment he makes a decision or the ball is caught essentially, is that kid, I'm going to do the best I can on a laptop and all that good stuff. Is that kid on the line? The answer, the answer is probably no. So he, what's he going to do? He's going to jab perfect jab with the right foot. He's going to beat him with speed. And now that kid's going to clip him or, or do something stupid. And, uh, we, we just won. That kid was one of the best kickoff kids we, we, we had. Now, this is a separate point, but if somebody else is going to come block you within 10 yards of the ball, then you, you got to go through them. you got to go through them. Now, this kid doesn't end up making the tackle, but you, you can see he did a really good job of, of taking on two blockers, if that makes sense. Um, I'm going to try to find that same kid. We moved him around. So here he is right here. Okay. Uh, here he is there. I think he's going to get blocked from the left tackle, the guy that's off the screen over here. So right now, yeah, he's already just, even though the ball's not caught. And again, we teach these kids who's going to block them on Friday night. Now, obviously the other team can make adjustments and so on and so forth. But this ball's in the air still, but this kid has decided that, hey, this kid is in line with the return man. He's in line. So I'm going to use his momentum against him and go back door on him. And the kid doesn't, doesn't even touch him. And then again, again, he can hit him in the back and penalize him and things like that. But you can see the other guys are being blocked and that is not good. But this is the, the point was what that kid did. He did a pretty good job. Again, I'll rewind that go slow-mo he's in line. So he's going back door and now he's just got to, got to get to the ball carrier that's being ran away from him. So that's kind of how those drills show up in a game. One that we jabbed and one that we went, we went back door on. All right, the next one's uh, just kind of a walkthrough. As, as uh, us coaches, we, we, we walk through a lot of things, and I think this one helped us tremendously. And now I saw this show up. We, one time we played a really good quarterback that's playing basketball, Division One, I, I think, at Texas A&M. But uh, he was a quarterback, and we saw this on defense where we, we had a spy, spy thing against him, and uh, he, he came out of the pass rush, but our spy guy was right there to make the play when it came out of the net. What I want you guys to imagine, if you haven't heard of this drill, is these six guys are a basketball net, if you will. Oh, that's not a very good picture. But they're a basketball net, and I'm going to try to run through that net. If you are a safety, or if you're maybe the kicker, you want to make the tackle when the ball comes out of the net. All right? You don't, wanna, you don't want your kicker one-on-one -on -one with 10, 10 yards to try to tackle the fastest guy in the world. Uh, so... If I take this, if I take, if I take this return, I watch the speed coach. That's a joke, but uh, if I take this return up the middle, what we want is a two-on-one tackle there, a two-on-one tackle there, and a two-on-one tackle there. Again, this is just a walkthrough, but kids, kids don't really understand how this net should form. Now, if you had a safety that was standing way back here, and all six of those guys got blocked, or somebody missed the tackle, and this guy came out of the net. You wouldn't want him to tackle in space. So watch what happens when I when I choose a side. If I choose if I choose left, okay. You see kids come together. You know the red kid was really on his own. These two kids compress the tackle, and these two kids are going to compress me. And this kid becomes the safety. The kid in the green shirt. So let's rewind back. The kid in the green shirt actually becomes the safety. 
And we don't want him taking an angle way over here. We want him to take an angle that he gets this ball. He makes this tackle as soon as it comes out of the net. Okay. No, I, I really like this coach. So this is something definitely I'm going to steal. This is, yeah. I, I like this a lot. And as we as we get into week eight, we don't work on um, – we would never work on coverage. Like we would punt the ball. We, we'd make sure we, we block the people we're supposed to block. The ball would go in the air. And half the time, literally, I studied this, like I think only two times a game that guy would actually catch it. So we would rep it and practice like 10 or 12. And so what we would just do is we'd, we'd punt the ball and, and somebody would attempt to go try to catch it. But then we would just have a live coach that put up his hand. I don't have any film with this, but he'd put up his hand and say the ball's caught over here. And then we'd watch our kids kind of jog over there and, and form a net. And then he'd return it inside the net. So uh, here, here's one more clip of it. I, I decided to go right here. So the, so the kid in the black shirt's on his own. Red and gray come together. Green and white come together. And like this is our kicker. And he, he's by himself. So how does that formulate into a game? Um, here, here, here's what it looks like in a game. Obviously, we're punting here. Okay, I think this is kind of important. Um, it doesn't really matter because everybody's got different schemes. But football is football. I want you to kind of watch these two guys, how, how they kind of form the net. Okay? Number 13 here is realize that 33 is the first guy down, and he's going to kind of he's going to kind of set the net up. So he... So he kind of comes inside of him. Now you see a net starting to form. Uh, this was like four years ago before um, before we kind of incorporated this net. Now one's get, one guy's being blocked. Not a perfect world. If you remember back to the gym, and again, I had six guys, but again, it's not a perfect world. We don't have six guys down there. The net looked like inverted to what you see now. You see those dots. That's what the net like looked like in the gym. Well, here it kind of almost looks like an umbrella. You know, it's not going to be perfect because it's an open game and people are being blocked. But if I pause it right here, you can obviously see that this guy's being blocked. And 13 did a really good job of folding inside 33. And But 85 needs to realize, oh, 15's being blocked. And there's a lot of space here. We look like we're going to tackle this guy, of course, right? We, we got a good net formed, uh, but we didn't we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We had three guys down there at the point of attack to, to, to make the play. And just obviously it's a team game. One guy, you know, needs to set himself better on that net and make the play. Um, one more, one more, I think here, again, you got sophomores running down there. You gotta, you gotta drill them on these things. Okay. We got one guy here and one guy here. So it's a two on one tackle. Uh, this, this did eventually get called back for, for a block in the back, but you ne- in this, in this clip, you never see any of these kids run and run and gather, come to balance or even closely remotely work together. They both just essentially slid to the ground and that guy went up inside. And again, they, they thankfully got called back. Um, but that's how those drills um, can, can, can show up in a game. All right. So what does that, how does that look like? You know, um, in the gym and how do we drill it? Like I literally just use the volleyball lines. The volleyball lines are the, um, the boundaries, if you will, the first five yards, I want to be a sprint to that line. First five yards. I want to be a sprint to that line. And once you get to that line, that's when you start compressing, you start compressing and you work together 
You can't leave until the ball is thrown. Again, how does this uh, how does this become a defensive drill? Well, if a, if a quarterback's throwing that bubble screen, you, your corners and your safeties can't break off until the ball is thrown. They got to cover the deep guys and and all those other things. Um, but don't leave your your mark until the ball leaves my fingertips. Once it leaves my fingertips, you can you can go. And that's what you see the kids doing there. Doing a pretty good job of, of running down. You see that they sprint to that first line. Again, and make this as big as you can. Um, you know, and now they're starting to compress themselves and they're working together. This kid in the red shirt's a nose guard. The other kid was like an all-state linebacker. He got outside of them. That's not supposed to happen. But if you get if, if he gets outside of your buddy, then just like the net drill, the guy in the black shirt should try to fold in behind and be the safety and break down on the sidelines. Now the kid went out of bounds, so the drill's over. But uh, some of these will be better than others. And you see me there, I can't even throw the ball like 20 yards. So I have to scoot up. But uh, kids can't leave till the ball's thrown. And uh, now they're down there. They're, here's some. Here's two DBs. Uh, here's our kicker. Again, we, we don't coach. Uh, we we don't coach that with our other kids. He's holding the ball with one hand, and that's what we want. We want him to go up and up in the middle. We want to we want to compress the space. We want to come to balance. We almost want these kids stopping when they make the tackle, because that's what's going to happen on on a Friday night. They're not going to run through on the back hip, they're gonna run their feet. Um, but kids will get down there at different speeds. You see that our safety got down there before our nose guard. So that was, we want four hands on the tackle at the same time. It's not gonna happen like that in a perfect world. There's two and there's four. Um, but but the goal is for the returner, I, I, I'm gonna probably get tackled because I'm outnumbered, but I gotta get down there and score without being touched by four hands. Um, so here, here's how I kind of progress this to three on one. Uh, again, I got this exactly from ball state, their special teams coordinator there showed me this drill. They're literally just running around a cone. And when I throw the ball, just like the referee says, Friday night ball's gone. Right. So your D lineman don't hit the guy. Right. I kind of get them. I use those words so the kids hear them and stuff and that coach those things, but the ball's gone. And then they, they need to run down. Now the boundaries for this drill is the basketball court. So we're talking red to red. Um, but it's three on one. It's three on one. And again, his job is to go run past me or whatever without being touched by six hands. Okay. All these guys, of course, are just trying to touch him with six hands. If he gets touched by four hands, then he wins. One, one, two, three, four. And then you see the gray, gray shirt kid, five, six. That's exactly how we want it to look. Since the ball carrier chose left, the gray shirt becomes the safety and he needs to fold in fold inside just like we talked about with the net remember with the net we don't want this gray shirt guy running this way because now he has to make a tackle in open space we want him to make it right when he comes out of the net just one or two more now again i'll change them in position of where i am and i'll also throw it to a corner at times you'll see but right here i'm just kind of throwing it up the middle this does happen where a third guy doesn't always come out the same speed as the other guys because he's like at the tail end of the cone, but they do need to communicate left, middle, right. And uh, it's not going to be perfect how it happens, but they understand, you know, one, two, three, four. And then the gray shirt guy, I think gets him right there. Um, so it's always not going to be a perfect net or anything like that. But I think the biggest thing is kids love these drills. They, they, they actually look forward to them on Wednesdays. I, I do these, I do this drill still today. 
on our tackling circuit for defense because it helps with our bubble screens. It helps with the option when they pitch the ball out there and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I just, I, I love these drills because, because kids love them too. The option, you we don't see that. What are you talking about? What'd you say? The option, we don't see that. What are you talking yeah, about? Well, once or twice. <laughs> so, so you see there that the kid, the kids don't all, all run down on the same path, but they got to figure out where their teammates are. And you see the first guy down there really becomes the safety, unfortunately, because you know the, the guy went inside. All right. So we forgot. Oh, I, this is actually if, this, if I show you any game clip, this might be the best one ever. Uh, these Ooh, that, three that's guys. That's my praise right there. <laughs> they might be better than the jet sweep, but I'm, I hope I hope honestly guys learn from this. But these three guys now in a perfect world. You know, they're going to run down and they're going to cover, like, you know, every five yards. And that's all clinic talk, right? Uh, they're going to go down and cover. But, you know, sometimes they get caught up in their blocking scheme or they're being held or whatever. What I want people to watch is the left guard. That's this kid right here. Okay. Um, he's the left guard. And he realizes, man, I got out of there quick. And the, and the ball's kind of kicked my way. He actually kind of realizes that, oh, I, I'm the corner. I'm the guy that's, that's supposed to be on the outside or setting the net, if that makes sense. This is the tackle, I believe. And this, I, I, I think this is the end, getting his butt kicked down there or something. We got to get a new end next week. Yeah, he's still, this is the, this is our end. But he's still, he's still down there. But this kid does a great job of realizing how he came out of that circle is he needs to be the guy that's on the left. Now, this is against Trotwood, and they've won a lot of state titles. These kids are athletic, so you're going to see us miss a lot of tackles. <laughs> but here's the net foreman. We got three guys. Three guys forming the net. They got one blocker, but I think our left our left guard sets the edge pretty good, or at least understands where he's supposed to be. He does get outside of him because those 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 dudes are are very athletic and quick. And but he fumbles the ball. We got guys around it, um, and he fumbles the ball. We end up we end up getting the ball there. Um, but going back to the beginning, this was the guy that became the corner. He became the left guy that came out of the cone in the, in the gym so that he could, you know, miss the tackle, of course, but you get the idea. Well, I, I'll give you I'll credit there, though. It's very good pursuit from start to finish. Like, even yeah. though he misses the tackle, he gets up and continues the pursuit angle. Um, that's just understanding great effort and to continue to pursue your block, um, the ball carrier. Yeah. And you can sit here and, and talk about culture and all those things, but it's also the, the drill we did just throw out culture for a second, which you can't do, of course, but um, it, it's the drill in the gym. You got to get six hands on them or eight hands on them until the end. Um, so, so it just continues to, to, to uh, go back to the drills that we do. All right. So now how do we progress that even more now? Uh, again, the kids love these. So I just keep making up drills and having fun with it. But, uh, this is four on one. This is kind of more of a kickoff thing, but this is the boundary over here, this little black basketball line. And there's like, there's like another line over here that you can't see on film. So we're making it bigger. Um, and it's four on one. It's four on one. So there's one guy down there. And again, you know, sometimes if he just chooses the middle, the two safety guys don't fold inside and he wins. And we do push-ups and stuff like that, but nobody wants to watch people do push-ups. So he chooses middle. There's your there's your two on one compression tackle. The, the, there, I think the green guy got him, and then the gray guy's gotta gotta get him. And who knows if he did or not? But but you see that net foreman foreman right there, and the kids truly understand. 
understand that net and, uh, and things like that. Oops, forgot these are all our clips. So another important thing to know is you want your DBs out here, or at least the guys that you're going to put on the on the kickoff team on the edge. This is, the, again, the linebacker. That's the nose guard. Um, they can really choose where they want to go, but uh, as a coach, you can put them there too. Now, again, the ball, the ball leaves my hand. You're supposed to run. So the only kid that figured that out, again, this is the first time I ever did these, but, you know, he, he's the only kid that was paying attention. And you notice I kicked or cornered the ball to the right. So that just makes people change their angles and stuff. You know, it really makes this guy in the gray shirt think he's more of a more of a safety. Okay. But kids aren't running down at the same speed, which kind of sucks. But this is why kids love the drill, because it's just me against you. Have some fun. You know, that's what we want. If, if he's having to dance like that on a Friday night, we got 11 guys running down there on a Friday. So one guy got him. He got him again there. Two guy got him. Red guy's still working. Gets him, and then the white shirt runs into him there too. So, again, kids kids love that drill. All right, a uh, few more drills here. The difference, okay? Again, Ohio State talks about the difference. Hands up, thumbs up, elbows in. Okay, this is where you get to see me do some drills and, and laugh at me or whatever. But um, so we, I, you know me, uh, I run a lot of jet sweep perimeter offensive runs. So I thought, hey, how can I get less holding penalties a year, but also help our defense and our special teams? Uh, so we do this drill every single day for one minute. You saw back on my practice schedule. You guys can rewind if you want to. But um, we do this drill one minute every single day, and we work on hand placement: thumbs up, elbows in. You don't need a helmet for this drill. We do it the first day of camp, the first day of two-a-days. It, it gets the blood flowing. The kids uh, the kids aren't trying to kill each other or, or just drill each other. Um, but whoever can get their hands on first in an upward bench press position is typically going to win. So green shirt, see if I can pause it. Green shirt gets his hands inside. You can see that the black shirt has his elbows outside. And even though the green shirt's a DB and, and the other kid's an all-state linebacker, uh, the green shirt will eventually win. It is a four-second drill, nothing more than four seconds. Um, the purpose is not to see who's tougher. We, we have the weight room for that. We have competitions for that. The purpose is hand placement. Um, the only thing I would say that the kids, all, all both of me to do better is, is they need to get their elbows straight because that's why we bench press. We, we get our elbows straight. Uh, but this teaches us how, how to do our hand placement. All right, there I am going against the nose guard, okay? Um we who gets their hands on first i think it's a tie it almost looks like sumo wrestling right now coach right okay yeah. now now if i pause it you can see my elbows are locked out my hands are inside this kid uh, trying to be probably benches 250 i probably benched 225 at the time or whatever but uh because my hands are inside i eventually get the leg drive and you see that right there for all you guys on youtube I burned a tire. He, he burned a tire right there. He lost a shoe. Uh, I'm in khakis. Because I got my thumbs up and my elbows in, I end up winning that one. Uh, so you get the idea. Okay, the snag is the uh, is the progression off of that. Okay, so this is we use this on our punt team. We use this as our corners and outside linebackers getting off perimeter blocks. It is a progression to, to the difference. You're going to get thumbs up, elbows in, into the chest. Okay. Once the elbows are locked, that's when you can use the sag to get off the block. What we want to do is literally rip his jersey this way into the wall, if you will, and get off the block with our thumbs up, our elbows extended. 
and, and they're just running down the field because it's like pun or whatever, but kind of get the idea. So a couple more here, right guard, right tackle. They don't, they do a good job of blocking and the pun's kind of weird. Cause you know, on the punt team, you're blocking for a little bit, but then after two seconds or so they're now they're blocking you. So you got to kind of figure out what, if you're on offense or defense there for a little bit, but 85 and 13 never used it. And we hadn't taught it yet. So that's why I'm showing it, but we hadn't, you know, you, they got to get outside releases. That's the goal, but they never get off their blocks. They never use a technique to try and block destruct or get off their blocks or things like that. But, uh, balls, Fortunately, fair caught. I think it's also important. Somehow you got to teach this. And if you want to do it in a two-on-one drill and just throw the ball to half court and have this guy fair catch it, what should we do when the ball is fair caught? We should run behind the guy. Now, this ball is landing on the 50, so we're not worried about saving a touchback or whatever. But you can see that this kid is saw the fair catch, and he's going to run from 15 to 2. So we're going to run behind the guy, giving him that two yards of, two yards of space. And again, these are for our kids. So this is the exact same drill. Uh, you're, we're using that. We're, we're using that block punt thing, and then we're running down in two-on-one compression drills. So I didn't film this from the top, but you can make these drills. You can formulate them however you want in in the gym. And, and again, it's the same drill. Just now we're starting it with a block and things like that. So that's basically. Um, all the drills that we did in the gym, and I've, I've made I've made up new ones since, and and you can too. But uh, you, you like you mentioned, you just need seven guys for these drills, um, and, and kids love them, and, and they they look they honestly look forward to them. You know, they, they come into the gym on a Tuesday, and they think they're gonna do do, uh, do, do these drills, and, and nope, we got we got ladder drills for them, and they're like, oh crap. You know? <laughs> but then when they come in the gym and they see the cone set up, they're, they're happy. So. Uh, and, and they and they they show up on Friday nights too. So I think I think that hopefully the guys watching your podcast will will definitely use some of these next year. Now, when, when you guys do this in the spring, um, do you if the weather's permitting, do you try to go outside or during the summer and do these drills? Yeah, and this not really in the spring, but in the summer for sure. Uh, we can put cleats on and, and go out to the practice field. The thing I love about the gym, one, I'm the PE teacher, so it's like my home, but. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have lines and there's really not lines out there for us on, on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. So yeah. I really love the lines and the cones and, and just having the, the ability to quickly set it up and, and, and do things like that. But in the summer, yeah, absolutely. We can go out to, we can go out there when there's lines and things like that. Okay. No, no, that's, that sounds good. Like coach, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us about some drills. I think those are some good drills. Like I said, there's one or two of those I'm definitely going to steal for this spring uh, per, assuming we're permitted to do some stuff this spring when with all this, these restrictions and all this other lovely stuff that we have to deal with. Um, and then kind of, and how much, when you actually got to two a days and in season, what was your progression like that for drills too? Like usually when you get in season, it's more just kind of run through your teams against their scout, but how much, as two days progressed into essentially one a days, did you keep doing these or is that a point you started cutting these off? I, th I think I'll, I'll try to answer this in two parts. Um, we never really worked on coverage. So like I mentioned kind of before when we would punt on a Tuesday afternoon during the season, 
we would never run down there and cover cover because we worked on cover drills since April or since June for the kids that played baseball. So we just worked on the blocking in the first 15 yards or so. Um, even on kickoff, we just run the first 20 yards or so and, and try to avoid the guy that's trying to block us. We never really worked on those the coverage part of it during the season because because we did such a good job, I think, in the spring and summer. Uh, you can evaluate that however you want. But um, but all, but also, you know, during – if I think kind of what you're getting at is, is game week. Like, what do we do game week? Obviously, for, for me, it was dependent on when our kickers could be there. Um, so they typically had games, I think, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, but that was in the perfect world. So Mondays, we, we would always try to do kickoff, kickoff return, and PAT field goal. The three that involved those guys. Um, did did we did we specifically break down drills during the during the season? No, there just wasn't time for it. That's why we spent so much time with it in the spring and summer. Um, so you know, I would probably allot fifteen to twenty minutes or so for for those three special teams to happen. Now, if you're doing PAT field goal, I would highly encourage uh, you know on Monday during game week work the left hash with the ones. And on the, the twos, work the right hash. And just have them kick them ball simultaneously. Hopefully, you know, you're fortunate enough to have 44 players. But you can get you can get so much more done like that. And then, and then on, on, on Wednesday, just flip the hashes with the group. So that way the kickers kick them, kick them both sides. And obviously put the ball in the middle too. But, you know, don't just have one group going against air and, and 88 guys watching or, or whatever. Um, you know, find, find the offensive line time to do stuff like that too during that time the guys that aren't on the PAT field goal yeah I mean I would do kickoff kickoff return first that way those offensive line guys have 10 extra minutes at Indy um and then do PAT field goal last and obviously put like a competition into it too you know well that's great coach and um I appreciate it um and kind of just kind of just gonna wrap up there if anybody has any other questions for coach or wants to get a hold of him um or wants a little bit know more about some of the newer drills he's doing um just please just reach out to him. His Twitter bio, tw- not Twitter bio, Twitter um, username and stuff will be in the in the bio below. Um, again, you you can reach out to him there. Um, follow him on Twitter. Um, he also has two other videos for us. You can just kind of look up on our channel um, that you can kind of check out if you're interested. Uh, but that is another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Thank you, and uh, see you soon.